Ah, yes, the sweet smell of victory at last. The Blues finished off Leicester in the FA Cup quarterfinal, thanks to an absolutely top-class performance by all five foot five of N'Golo Conte. And thanks to the luck of the draw, we also avoided a meeting with Spurs and United at Wembley. Instead, we'll be facing Southampton, a team who struggled this season, but will surely be up for the fight. Today we have plenty to talk about, such as the end of Murata's goal drought, the brilliance of Willian and Conte, and the absence of one Eden Hazard in our most recent big matches. We also talk about the Spurs match coming up and how fucking excited I am to finally step foot into Stamford Bridge, a place that has always felt like home to me, even though I've never actually been there. Welcome to the Roman's Empire podcast. This is episode number 37. And here, all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. What's going on, Sam? Uh, Zach, uh, I think I just like gained like like two pounds of mass uh, on my ass muscles by keeping my my cheeks clenched for a full 120 minutes this past Sunday. You know, <laughs> I've been working on the glutes, but I mean, I think watching this match was like a whole workout of its own. You know, I mean, you had a big ass to begin with, dude. Uh-huh. So I don't know if I don't know if uh, having a bigger one is going to do you any good. Yeah, I mean, I got, I got to keep it, keep it toned, you know. Yeah, I mean, if if that's what suits it's you, not then about, that's cool. It's not all about size; it's about it's about tone and firmness, and you know, about girth, more like girth. <laughs> no, that's something. That's something else. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, firm butts and always nice. Uh, yeah, man, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Anyways, let's just let's just get into the script before we get too off topic talking about girth and ass muscles. So, um, Chelsea played Leicester City on Sunday. And luckily, we walked away with a 2-1 victory thanks to uh, goals by Alvaro Morata, finally. Finally. And uh, a, a really a beautiful Pedro goal, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess where we want to start off is with Morata, obviously, because the main story going into this match um, after the team sheets came out was how will Morata perform? Um, and let me just say, solid performance. I mean, I mean what, what what did you think of it? Well, I just wanted to start off by saying that I'm actually like really, really into this uh this was this semifinal and like you know this is our last chance to win some silverware this season, you know it really it really salvaged my emotions, um and you know I I think uh, talking about Murata, um you could see it in his face throughout the whole match just the look of frustration and you know this kind of this has been kind of the the persona that he's taken on the past uh couple months honestly um where like he feels like he has a big monkey on his back and like you know he has a lot of pressure to score and uh you know he had a chance earlier um where he really he he beat a defender around the it was the uh, right side of the goal and try to like you know hit uh get it on hit hit the top of the net and try to score like that but uh missed the goal and like you could see it in his face I honestly thought after that like he was just like oh man like you know, this is, I think this is it for him, this match, like, you know, just like thinking about the last couple of matches he had, like coming onto the pitch and, you know, getting, getting a yellow card and then like knocking out the, uh, you know, side, sideline referees flag. I honestly, I was really worried, but um, he did after that look surprisingly confident and composed. Um, I mean, I'll just read off his stats. He had seven shots, including five on target. Um, one dribble, two aerials, one, and uh, including a goal. Uh, finally, of course, we we talked about that. He was dispossessed five times, although, but um, had a seventy percent pass accuracy. Um, I think that obviously, I mean, just that moment where he was one on one against the goalkeeper for his actual goal. Um, I had flashbacks to that Arsenal match, um, and I I was just expecting. Oh God. Him. I was just expecting him to shank it and completely miss the goal, but um, he could he could have not have placed that ball in a better spot. And I was just I was so impressed by the way he did it, and just the look on his face after he scored like just told the whole story. It, it was he he finally got that goal, got you know like I said the monkey off his back and um, played played really well. Honestly, the rest of the match. Um, I mean he 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 he. He honestly, he he just played a lot different, Zach. I mean, what do you think was different about the way he played against Leicester compared to like the way he was playing during his dry spell? 
Um, <clears throat> if I'm going to be like going off of different, it, it, it finally looked like someone got in his head about the whole diving and bitching and moaning bullshit. Um, there was none of that in this match. And yeah, and I think also, sorry to cut you off, but like every time he did get fouled, it was like he got the call because it was an actual foul, you know? And, yeah. and, and most other games where he gets, when he, where he falls and like he's asking for a call, he never gets it because it's not like a righteous call, but he was getting them all this game. Well, well, he always, uh, he always kind of plays this, tries to play these mind games with the referee, right? I mean, the diving and falling over when someone, you know, pokes you with a feather. I mean, the referees know that he's asking for a call. And in this match, it was a little different. So, I mean, yeah, he, he got bullied by Wes Morgan in the first half. And, and his hold-up play in this game wasn't perfect. Um, I don't even think it would be considered great. But, no, I mean, not. you're going up against a center-back duo in Wes Morgan and Harry Maguire where both of those guys are freaking behemoths. I mean, they're both... They're prob they're probably both on a stronger side of a typical Premier League center back. So I mean, obviously you don't expect the holdup play to be there, but I mean, one thing I noticed was the way he was deployed tactically. So it seemed as if he was not trying to play with his back to goal every single time like he used to. Um, he looked a little bit more fluid and willing to run in behind the two center halves, and I think that's one thing that he does really well as a striker in general is beating uh is it, it, basically beating the offside trap, if you will. Um, peeling off the back shoulder of one of the center halves and finding the space in behind the back line. Um, that's what he's good at because he is pacey and he is nimble. Um, and his movement off the ball is great, but I just feel like he gets so handicapped when he's forced to be this big burly hold up. I'm going to knock some heads around type center forward, more of a traditional number nine. Um, but against Lester, he, he was doing exactly that. He was, he was peeling off the back shoulders of the center backs. He was making great runs in behind and, Obviously, a little bit of Willie and Magic um, highlighted that because, I mean, people talked about that run Willie made, which don't get me wrong. I mean, that's that's top class. I mm -hmm. mean, that's that that's a really special run that he made. But also the run that Murata made and the, the the ability to think two steps ahead in that situation and say, OK, Willian broke through one defender. You know, I, I have a chance here. And he makes the run anyways. And we haven't seen that in the last couple of weeks. It just looked like he was devoid of that confidence. I do want to talk about his finish um, because a finish like that wasn't a tap-in. It wasn't um, a header in the six-yard box. It wasn't a point-blank shot. It wasn't a deflected shot or a scuffed shot. That was a tough – that was a very tough shot. And uh, although Kasper Schmeichel didn't necessarily cover himself in glory um, by coming out a little late for me, the finish was – it was confident, and I think that's the best way to put it. Um, he, he, he knew exactly what he wanted to do with the ball before he even got it. And that's something we haven't seen from him in a long, in a long time. And it's something that's been really frustrating because usually when you see a striker, that's just not putting the ball in the back of the net. You're trying to think of all the other things he's been doing. And Murata as of late, hasn't been doing anything else. Mm -hmm. And in this game, he looked like he was doing a little bit of everything. Um, he is the type of striker though that, and, and I think we're discovering this now, um, he doesn't have very much mental fortitude, and I think it's blatantly obvious because you look at you look at his mentality and his ability to to be consistent and to consistently stay focused, and it's and it's not there. So um, he's just one of those strikers that once he sees the ball go in the back of the net, um, maybe even if he sees the ball back go back in the net twice, he gets his confidence back. The wheels are moving again, and you know he could he could go back to the Murata that he was the first you know five or six weeks of the season. But um, it still remains to be seen. But um, if I had to make a prediction, I do think he's that type of striker. I think he runs purely on confidence, which totally makes sense because the number nine position is the position where you need the most confidence. I before uh, before we get into the man of the match and Golo Conte, I just wanted to ask you real quick. What did you think of uh, a Willie's performance? Because <laughs> he kind of won me over. Like, why don't we just put him in goal every match? Like, I mean, I'm like, fuck Courtois, dude. <laughs> Willie Caballero is. I'm trying to think of a good word to describe him, and the only word I could think of off the top of the head is a madman. 
He kind of reminds me of like that mad scientist that just likes to experiment with really dangerous chemicals and <laughs> and coming but, but, out the way he comes out of the box like that. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like you gotta hand it to him because as unorthodox as it is, I mean, he's not a typical goalkeeper by any stretch of the imagination. And mm-hmm. and his style of goalkeeping is just so entertaining to watch. And I think for the neutral, they would definitely rather see Willie Caballero. But hey, I mean, we didn't bring him in to be our number one. And I think a lot of people are overlooking this whole Thibaut Courtois getting uh, rested because of a muscular injury for this match. I just think Antonio Conte went up to him after the Barca match and is like, hey, look, I'm going to pull you out of the firing line. Um, You get your head together, collect yourself, have a good national team training camp and – you know, you'll come back and and regain your spot and hopefully regain your confidence. A, a lot of people are looking too far into it and saying, "Oh, Conte is gonna he's gonna bench Caballero now, and Caballero's our number one now." Mm-hmm. Really, Caballero's 34, 35 years old. Yeah, he's not a long term replacement for Thibaut Courtois. He's 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 barely a stopgap. But we are, we um, are we're so lucky to have a guy like him on our bench, so we can actually he's so he can have the opportunity to actually you know take him out of the firing line as you as you put it but you know yeah he's he's a, he's a veteran he has that instinct of you know when to come out when not to and i think he he played the whole match really well i think that's one thing chelsea has done really well over the years is if we've if we've done a good job in any position i definitely think it's the goalkeeper position because we've always had very solid goalkeepers and very solid backups i mean you look at the uh, Mourinho second stint you had um asmir begovic who I mean he's a mm-hmm. he's a he's a first team goal I mean yeah he he's starting he's starting for Bournemouth ever since he made his transfer and he's a great backup keeper and then who everybody remembers the year where we had Peter Check and Courtois and Peter Check was our backup um, you know it, it's just it's just a position that 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 Chelsea has seemed to recruit really well in um, and, and I think whatever staff is responsible for scouting out goalkeepers and backup goalkeepers. Um, they've done they've done an awesome job this past year, and that's probably one of the only times you'll ever hear me praise um, any sort of uh, sentence with the word Chelsea and transfers in it. Yeah, so I alluded to it earlier. Let's let's just talk about this man because he just had an absolute madman of a match in Golo Conte um, on both sides of the pitch. Of course, um, I mean it's 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 kind of a we can just mark it down that he's going to have a blinder on the defensive side. But um, he did it on both sides of the field today. Um, with I mean, sorry, not today, but during that game, he assisted Pedro for that winner with just what a beautiful chip. I mean, he really didn't have to do much defensively uh, that game, really. But obviously, you know, he he it was just a, it was just a classic N'Golo Conte match on that side. But his offensive game is coming along really well, isn't it, Zach? Yeah, I mean, we don't really need to talk about how great he is defensively, like he said, because if you're a general observer of of soccer in general, um, you'd be completely idiotic to not think of N'Golo Conte as one of the world-class uh, typical defensive midfielders now, or the modern defensive midfielder. But his offensive game, and, and specifically his ball distribution, has been vastly improved from last year. So, I mean... We saw him at Leicester where he was purely the type of player that would go in and just break up play um, and find one of the outside backs and then or one of the center backs and just, you know, kind of play out of the back in that respect. We always knew that he was a good good at ball retention, but we his distribution has just been off the charts and he's able to nick the ball off an opponent now and pick out a really difficult pass um, or pick out a, a, a solid outlet ball and. You know, we're seeing him play the ball backwards less and less. I like to call it the the Obi Mikel effect, right? So <laughs> instead of playing the ball side to side and backwards only, we're starting to see N'Golo Conte venture forward a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, his size definitely comes to his advantage in those situations because he's very nimble and, and he has he has amazing balance and agility. So he's able to kind of bob and weave in between defenders, skip across a couple tackles. Yeah, but... and he also, he also had a really nice opportunity um, earlier in the match. I mean, he... He had like a nice shot. It went it went pretty much straight to the keeper, but um, it was it was still like just a well placed shot, and you know that kind of thing. Let, let me just read you some stats. Sorry to cut you off, but regarding his passing um, from this year, his percentile ranking um, in the Premier League. So right now he is about like eighty eight percentile um, as far as pass rating goes, um, and he's in the ninety percentile. 
in um, pass and dribble success rate right now in all the Premier League. And um, around around 80% for uh, key passes per 90 minutes. Um, I mean, this is at the age of 26, you know, him, him being able to break out and have, you know, have this kind of play on both sides of the end. I mean, of course, uh, I just, just really quickly also, he's in the 90 percentile for successful tackles plus interceptions per 90 and his tackle success rate. I mean, if you, you're putting all of those together, he's easily world-class at this point. I mean, he, he if this, this season, he's officially past the threshold of a, an amazing player to world-class. You know, one thing for me that, that, that I'm really curious about, and I wish I thought of this stat before we actually started recording, um, I'm really curious to see what percentage of his attempted tackles turn out to be fouls, because that's something no one really talks about when they talk about N'Golo Kante. It's not, it's not just his tackling ability in a general sense. It's how precise he is with his tackling. I mean, the guy's only 5'5". Five five. It's not like he's an Emmanuel Matic where he could inspect or gadget his leg around another defender and steal the ball. It's 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 a matter of him beating beating an attacking player to the ball while they're dribbling it and getting in between them and the ball at some point. It's just it's absolutely insane. And I, I'm gonna I, I think I'm gonna go out on a limb here, Sam. But you know we always talk about Eden Hazard being our most talented player hands down i mean i don't think anyone's going to argue that he's the most naturally gifted and a lot of people the the general consensus is that he's our best player i'm going to go out on a limb i think ngolo kante is our best player um if you're looking at um if if you're looking at it in perspective i mean you're really thinking about two players that are world class but then you've got an eden hazard who's world class when he really wants to be he's not really world class all the time and it's a huge debate and it's it, i i know we're going to talk about it a little later but then you look at it, guys like ngolo kante i mean when was the last time he had a bad game i mean you 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 can't really think of a time where i don't have an image in my head or a memory of ngolo kante giving the ball away for an opposing counterattack and a goal no i really don't I don't have a memory of him getting a red card and getting sent off in the first half or early in the second half. Yeah, he's he's really the epitome of success. I mean, consistency. He, I, I just think he's the best example of, of of what a true professional should be, and and he's definitely a throwback in that sense. He's not flashy. He doesn't go around wearing shiny boots. He doesn't celebrate um, when he scores. <laughs> he drives you know, around. Yeah, he drives around in a Mini Cooper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he he still drives a Mini, and you know, and one that, and that's that's that says like everything you him. need to know about him, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but but now we're also learning that he knows how to talk to the press too and shut down transfer rumors, which I fucking love. Like I, earlier today, he he said something about someone asked him about a uh, PSG pursuing him this summer, and he said Chelsea's my home. Mm-hmm. He confirmed that he has no interest in leaving Stanford Bridge this summer. That's that's amazing. Yeah, that's uh, Thibaut Courtois and Eden Hazard should should learn a couple lessons from him because, I mean that that's our best player on our team, and he's saying Chelsea is my home. I mean, if that's not a rally cry, I really don't know what is. You know what's crazy? In in he's had 98 appearances in the Premier League in his career, and he's only lost 14 matches in Premier League play. Like that's just that's just an amazing stat and. Really shows like you know how much of a winner he is. You know, two back-to-back titles um, with with uh, Leicester, and then of course with us. Um, shows just, how yeah, shows how crucial he is defensively. Definitely, he just provides such an amazing thing to the team. Where that you know, if 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 you didn't watch him play, you wouldn't really be able to tell from like looking at his numbers or anything like that, or just looking at his highlights. You know, you have to watch him play to really see what he provides to the team. I just love him so much. I mean, I mean, Willian, he, he's been in such great form right now. Um, he's been, he's been on the other side, our main reliable attacking outlet, you know, since the new year. Um, do you think, uh, who, who, who do you think between the two of them is your player of the season? Well, I know if the fans had the vote, I mean, N'Golo Conte does get a lot of praise, but you know, Fans always tend to vote for the more uh, pleasing to the eye um, mm-hmm. player, if you will. So, I mean, I think the fans would pick Willian. I mean, I it's a no-brainer for me. I pick N'Golo Conte, not not because it's a knock on Willian or anything. You know, Willian's had a great past three months, but that's about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really get into the squad once Conte switched to that three-five-two, and you know, he's just been in and out of the team too much. And yeah, he's had a great season, and I know he's actually surpassed his his season total. Um, 
his highest season total in a Chelsea shirt. He has 11 goals so far. So, you know, he, he scored more goals, at least we thought, in the 14-15 season. And now he's, you know, outshining that. And if that doesn't show you how well he's playing, then I don't know what is. But that's just a bigger compliment to N'Golo Conte than it is a diss to Willian. Because, like I said, I, the only argument – if you're an N'Golo Conte fan and you're lobbying for him, the only argument you really need is have you ever seen him have a bad game? Has he ever lost a game for his team? Has he ever been the reason why his team went 2-0 down at halftime? And of course not. You, you just don't get that. You don't get the sense that, you know, he's just so fucking consistent, man. And it, it, it's crazy. It's and, absolutely crazy to and me. Another argument you can make is that, you know, we've had a lot of matches where William wasn't playing and we still performed well. I mean, if you look at what happened to us at City without N'Golo Conte, I mean... And every time he misses, misses a match, like our team just struggles immensely. I mean, it's it, yeah. that, I think that right there is is also proof of how much more important he's been. I think you look at the types of players there are as well. So like a guy like Willian, I mean, if you lost a player like Willian, which I don't want that to happen, by the way, but I'm just saying hypothetically, a guy like Willian moves on from a club like Chelsea, you could replace those yeah. eleven goals. You could go out in a transfer market and replace it, no problem. But if you were to lose a guy like N'Golo Conte, I mean, think about it. If Chelsea were to lose N'Golo Conte, who would be a like-for-like replacement for him? Arturo Vidal, Raja Nangolin. I mean, those are probably the two best box-to-box midfielders in world football. Mm-hmm. And and those guys, in my opinion, I mean, Vidal in his prime was arguably better than Conte now. But, I mean, you're thinking about Raja Nangolin. I'd rather have N'Golo Conte, man. Are mm-hmm. you kidding me? Of course not. That That's without – I think that's without – much argument um so moving on from angolo conte let's talk about a guy who surprisingly hasn't been in such great form lately it's eden hazard uh i mean he's usually he's usually a big play uh, you know a big game player but you know he's been completely ineffective in both barca legs um that's the city and united matches and arguably again this past week against leicester uh, what do you think is going on with him, Zach? I mean, we always talk about this natural ability he has. He's he's capable of of alchemy on the field. I mean, the guy's magic whenever he wants to be, but that's the problem. It has nothing to do with his feet or his athletic ability or his size. It's all the issues are between the ears, and and that's the simplest way I could put it. He just doesn't have that that sort of selfish type of arrogance that players like Messi and Ronaldo have. He doesn't have that drive to go out there and, you know, he, he's that type of player that goes out there and scores one goal and then just kind of coasts the rest of the match. He doesn't go out there like a Ronaldo or a Messi or a Neymar even and say, you know what, I put one goal in, I'm going to get my second and then I'm on a hat trick. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that mindset. Or like and, Mohamed Salah get four. <laughs> exactly. But, but, but here's the thing, like, there's players that score more goals than than him in the Premier League. I mean, that's a fact. And and he's never been the leading scorer. He's never been near it in his career in the Premier League. And people hail him as the best player in the league. Yeah, he's one of the most talented players in the league, but he's just not consistent enough for me. And, you know, it, it's crazy because I'm looking at the guys who scored more goals than him. And I it's I refuse to believe that any of these guys have more natural ability than him. Mo Salah, Harry Kane, Sergio Aguero. I mean, those those are the top three scores in the Premier League, and none of those guys come near Hazard in terms of natural ability. Um, the the thing that sets those guys apart is that they never stop. They're confident. They're arrogant. They love being the center of attention. You know, they take they grab every game by the scruff of the neck. I mean, how many game winners have we seen Mo Salah, Harry Kane, and Sergio Aguero score this year? I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've easily minimum have won their teams at least nine points single-handedly this season and that, i'm saying that's minimum that's just me guessing so if you're to go out and look it up i won't, I won't be surprised to see mo Salah give his team 16 17 points this season just based on his performances and we and we really haven't seen that yet with eden Hazard. to be completely honest if he was banging in 20 plus goals and seven plus assists a season he would have gone to madrid or psg by now oh yeah i mean there's a, a there's a reason ago. There's a reason why he uh, he's 27 years old and still at Chelsea Football Club, and it's not a knock on him. It's not a knock on him, but he's just not that type of player that 
the super clubs are looking to bring in and say, this is the guy we're going to build around. And a club like Chelsea, who is technically a big club, yeah, you could build around Eden Hazard. I'm going to get so much shit for going on this rant. (laughs) But but like you could build around a guy like Eden Hazard and you could walk away with a few Premier League titles and, you know, an FA Cup every now and then. But if you're going to look at it in perspective on the world stage, on a European stage, who are the guys that are always in the Champions League finals? You got the Messis. You got Cristiano. You have guys like Luis Suarez, Robert Lewandowski. You got the Iguains. I mean, you got those superstars that are A-caliber players who you know before going into the season, whether he's healthy or not, that guy's going to bang in 25 goals. And we just don't have that for me to Nazard. And like, I, I hate to say it. I'm a big fan of his. I hope he stays until the day he retires. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think I think he's he's incredibly hard to replace. Um, but in terms of his numbers, they just need to be better. And I always hate bringing up numbers because it's not something that I like to base my opinions on because I don't think you, you could look at a guy's number and, and see what type of player he is. I think you actually have to sit there and watch him. And for me, you know, you're either watching an Eden Hazard that's at the top of his game or you're watching an Eden Hazard that's taking a stroll in the park because he just got kicked. Yeah, and I know, I know that you know his habit of not shooting the ball when he's in the box. It it just drives you crazy, right? You've talked about it so many times from watching yes. matches. I mean, he gets in these awesome positions, and he does not shoot the fucking ball. Like I remember earlier in the Champions League, I think it was against Roma. I'm pretty sure it wasn't was against Roma in Rome, where he took a shot from maybe 30 yards outside the box. The first time I've ever seen him take a shot from that far. And he spanked the shit out of it, and it was going top corner, and it hit the crossbar. And I'm like, why doesn't he do that more? Mm-hmm. That was the first time I've ever seen him do it, and he almost put in a 30-yard screamer in the Champions League. He has the natural ability. He just lacks that confidence and that cutting edge. He lacks that desire to go out there and 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 and, and smell blood. He just he doesn't he does it to me. He doesn't do enough. It, and it's just such a just such, such a crazy concept to think about like his his body having the ability to you know be probably one of the best players in the world i mean he is i think in my mind but just his mind not being up to par with uh allowing him i mean i, I don't understand how a guy like him doesn't have the confidence like he's he's such a he's such a likable guy um he knows the talent and you know it's not like he's being underlooked by, you know, the media, everyone, everyone in England is aware of how great of a player he is. Everyone in the world is. Um, I, I think, I think it has something to do with him possibly thinking that he's too good. I think, mm. I think that Hazard thinks he's I'd better like, than I'd he like actually to hear this is. Theory. No, no, because I, I mean, if you really look at it, he walks around with, with like a very confident swagger. He's always smirking and right, smiling. Right. I, mean, I mean, you could tell he enjoys playing the game. I don't think that's, I don't think that's up for debate. I don't think that's the root of what I'm trying to say. But I just, you know, he always talks about these top players in the world. And, you know, before the Barca match, he spoke about Messi and how brilliant he is and how he wants to be there one day. And I just think he's better. I just think he's, he thinks he's a lot better than he actually is. And maybe that has something to do with him not shooting. I, I know it's a wild theory and it's out there. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not getting you on that. I think if, if he thought he was better than he actually was, he would be taking more shots. But, I mean, it, it, maybe if you uh, – I'll give you a week to come up with a better uh, better explanation for what he's thinking <laughs> about you. that. <laughs> no, no, no. Because, because I think, I think, you, could, I think it, you could – you know, if, if, you could, if you had some time could, to think about it, you could explain it a little bit better. It, it's almost like he has this attitude when he's in front of the goal and saying, you know what? I could score this, but fuck it. I'm going to give it to you, you know? <laughs> like like he, he has that like – he likes to help out his teammates and that's great. But at the same time, like I always get the sense that he's like, you know what? I don't need this goal. You could take it. You know what I mean? He's the anti-cocky, like, confident guy. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, maybe 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 that's just not the type of player he is. Maybe he's yeah. a provider and not a goal scorer. But in order to be in that category with all the players I just mentioned, you have to be able to do both. Yeah, I mean, the the, way, the amount of times he's he's doing back heels a game, you can't say that he doesn't have confidence in his game. And that's just oh, that's no, that's, no. that's that's showing off, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, we, we all know he's confident. I mean, you see the way he strolls onto the pitch. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen him walk out onto the field and not smile. I, I love him. Let's hope let's hope he gets back into because he he was in great form earlier this season, but it's just dipped off a little bit. And it's not like he's had poor matches. You know, it's not like he's playing poorly. It's just he hasn't had the same impact that he's had uh, previously. Um, so I just I don't know if I don't know if you want to make any final points on this match, but I just want to point out real quick. Um, I just want to give a shout out to Victor Moses because he had a great game defensively, and I mean he he saved the match, right? I think Gary Cahill's reaction to that block in the second you know second extra time period that will tell you everything about his performance. Did you did you see Gary Cahill's reaction to that? Did Gary Cahill do one of his typical fist pumps? It was where he flexes his massive bicep. Oh and yeah, tears his shirt. Yeah. But he, he he was double flexing. Um, <laughs> I need a I need to find a, a gif of that and post it on our Twitter. Like anytime something good happens to me in life, um, this that was just like an amazing reaction and like you know that was his first it was his first uh you know time playing you know in in a, I feel like Cahill hasn't really played in a long time. Um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, but you know, yeah, it's been a while. Just to have him on the pitch and kind of show that emotion, it, it was so great. I, I love it. It was nice, wasn't it? I, I mean, I feel Gary. like I, I, I'll kind of make this my last point, but I feel like that's kind of what Chelsea was missing. Um, and it's something I thought about when Victor Moses made that game-saving block, where he just slid in front of the ball um, in extra time. Who was the one that shot it? That's their new signing. That guy's from like the second division, I think. Um, but anyways, after Moses made that block, I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, damn, you know, that's something Gary Cahill would do. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only other person on our roster that I think would do that would be Cahill or Dave. I can't really see Christensen doing it yet, mainly because Christensen always gets himself in such good positions to begin with. He doesn't usually have to rely on last ditch tackling. Um, he's also playing in the middle, but I mean, that, that's that's like John Terry-esque, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it if Gary Cahill wasn't on the pitch, you think Victor Moses would have had that same level of commitment to block that ball? I mean, that I think that, that's, no, I, I think that's that just is me speaking because I mean, you bring Gary Cahill on for a guy like Andreas Christensen, um, and obviously Christensen's a better footballer, but Gary Cahill's a leader, so you're adding another leader onto the pitch, adding that more experience. I mean, chances are Cahill was barking at the back line mm-hmm. from the second he went in, so. I I have a feeling it was sort of the Cahill effect. Yeah, know? I don't think I don't think that effect can be overlooked really. I mean, you know, obviously JT had that and you know, just to to piggyback off of your Christensen comments, because he he has been experiencing quite a, like a very slight dip in form, um, you know, since establishing himself in the first team. Um and he, he actually sought out to JT for advice earlier this month. Um you know, he, he knew that he had ex- been experiencing this uh, first to perform and um, and JT told him, you know, to be natural. I mean, that it's natural to make mistakes and really put everything in perspective. Um, so let's hope that um, that JT can really be a good uh, mentor to him and kind of guide him. And along along with, uh, you know, playing along a guy like Gary Cahill, like we, it's definitely you definitely need a guy like that on the pitch to, you know, be barking at the rest of the guys. Um, yeah. So that's that was our that was our review of uh, Leicester City. And I think, honestly, like that was just such a great feeling um, to end the to end the match with the win. Finally, it's been it's been a little bit of a and long time. We, we also avoided United and Tottenham. I know. Yeah, to, that's great. I don't know if you guys I don't know if any of the, the listeners um watched the actual draw but it was zola and peter check and i was like oh my god how typical to have two chelsea legends do the draw and, and us pick tottenham <laughs> i just ha- i had this gut feeling that it, it was, was gonna happen did you, did you not think it was a little bit weird to have peter check do it while he's still you know playing right now like, he's not like a retired legend he's still playing for arsenal like <laughs> i mean i mean it's st- it's still weird to see him in an arsenal jersey but yeah but but I'm glad that he's not doing very well there. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't I don't want him to go to a direct rival um, who smells as bad as as Arsenal to yeah. you know to do well. I want him to go there and and stink it up. And he's he's been doing a good job of that. Because look at him. I mean, what are they in six? Oh, Zach, that was really funny how you you, you asked for recommendations for uh, your trip and some things to see. <laughs> and you said, uh, oh, and someone responded to you saying, oh, if you want a good laugh, you can. Uh, head over to the uh, Emirates Stadium. <laughs> you know, that is completely accurate, though. 
it does. It, it's, and it's, it's probably the only place where you could hear yourself laugh mid-match because Ooh. none of their fans really stick around very long. Plastics, but so, um, so yeah. But, speaking of speaking of plastics, though, song. <laughs> I was gonna say, speaking of your trip, um, hey. next week you're gonna be in town for. Uh, you're gonna be in London for the Chelsea Spurs match. Um, First time ever going to the bridge yeah i mean, I visited uh, a couple of years ago during the off season over the summer so i wasn't able to see a match but there's something about that stadium that's just so magical and it's uh you know you're going on the tour too and it's just i i know you're gonna i know you're gonna love it and i mean and just you know just to add on top of it probably our biggest match of the season you know spurs just sit five points ahead of us in the league table so you know as far as ch- uh champions league implications for next season this is probably our biggest match of the season. Um, uh, just just a quick thing to point out. It, if we do win that match and if there is an incident afterwards where a man in the stands takes off all his clothes and runs around the pitch butt-ass naked because <laughs> Chelsea won, probably wasn't chances me, right? are it's me. Just take a look at the ass and if it's if it's hairier than like, your <laughs> typical ass, that's probably me. Um, but yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean going, going there is – let me let me tell you, it's a dream come true. I'm 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 24 years old and just thinking about going to Sanford Bridge my whole entire life, and now it's actually happening. Um, it's going to be uh, quite emotional. And the cool thing is that uh, we're actually going to hang out with with the London is Blue Boys and uh, also the Chelsea Fancast guys. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to meeting uh, my fellow Americans over there, but I'm also um, looking forward to meeting uh, the legendary Stanford Chidge because yeah, you know, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, it's it, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be awesome. So, um, but but let's go ahead and review this Tottenham game. Yeah, because... maybe maybe you also sorry you can also give them some tips on how to how to how to podcast. You know, since we're so good. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I I could give them some, some tips advice, about yeah. you know, hey, you guys need to talk more about working out your ass cheeks, and <laughs> less about actual football. Yeah, talk about how hairy our asses are as well. Um, so Listen, this, this... <laughs> but, but there is if there is one thing we are missing on this podcast podcast we are missing like the very lavender like voice of jonathan kid so um yeah we, looking... we need to find someone with a british accent honestly to join us we do because every time i try to do my british accent i sound like author fucking shelby from peaky blind i'm not so. even i'm not even gonna do it just, i don't want to offend most of our listeners um listen i just <laughs> i just finished peaky blinders by the way and, and and if none of you guys have watched that show you're fucking up somewhere down the line fucking awesome but anyways okay this this let's get into the spurs match yeah Yeah. because this is this will be our 69th uh lol home league match against the spurs um 69 great number so uh the record it's uh we got 34 wins 16 draws and 19 losses um as of late the spurs have been really riddled with injuries um of course i'm sure most people are aware harry kane is out um Toby Alder Alderweireld, you know that guy. Alderweireld, uh, I think I said it right. He's coming back yeah. from injury as well, so he's a little bit rusty. Um, Spurs have been in really great form lately, um, but they they did just get knocked out by a, a strong Juventus team, which I was really excited to see. Um, so they are definitely looking. They're they're out for blood. Um, but what do we, what do you think we need to do to win this match? Um, you know, one thing that we have had success doing against Spurs is getting off, um, getting off the fast start. Um, I don't necessarily mean going out there and scoring a goal in the first 10, 15 minutes, although that'd be nice. I mean, it's not necessarily realistic because of how organized they are defensively. What I mean by that is we need to put them on their back heels because Poch loves to go at us. Um, whenever he plays Chelsea, he always, um, initiates a high press He's always pressing our back three. Um, he's pushing high up the field. He's trying to pin our wing backs back so we can't get out of our own attacking third, um, our, our own half of the field even. Um, so I think we need to do a little bit of uh, reverse psychology on them. I think going out there mm-hmm. and having a really hard start, you have the added edge of the crowd. Um, the importance of this match, you know, the fans are going to be up for it. Fuck, man, I'm going to be. I'm if I'm the only one cheering there, they better be pumped up. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have that factor, and you also have the added factor with they don't have Harry Kane. 
That's their best player. So we need to capitalize on that. Let's go after them right away, straight off the bat, and uh, and and hope for the best. Because I think if we could be persistent and swarm them in the midfield, then their ball players can't get in rhythm. And you know, you know, when you have guys like Deli Ali dropping deep and playing with the ball, and especially Christian Eriksen, who seems to be their main playmaker. I mean, if you can nullify those guys by playing hard and by executing a high press and closing down spaces in the midfield and in front of them. Um, we should we should have no problem getting off the good start. Yeah, and it's it's kind of unfortunate uh, that Harry Kane's injury won't be that big of an implication because they have a lot of guys who can step in. Uh, you know, guys like Urente, um, Sonaldo, as I like to call him, he's, he's been playing really well lately. Um, they really have all the capability of hurting us uh, if they get you know if they can get confident with the ball. Um, Look, I. I, I... I agree with your statement to a certain extent, but Sam, I mean, we're talking about Harry Kane, and of as course. much as I as much as I hate Tottenham, that's gonna hurt them well, because I'm... it's not like Deli Alley has been at the top of his game all season. I mean, Harry Kane's basically been putting that team on his back. I'm not gonna sit here and say that any of these guys coming in are gonna play just as well as Harry Kane, but the fact is, they have other people who can step up and and play in that position. It's not like you know, how we were before we got um, Giroud. It's like, oh, we don't have any strikers. We got to play uh, Eden Hazard as as striker, as a false nine. Like, they yeah, have they, a lot of guys who can step in and, you know, play play quality minutes in that role. So, like, you know, and it's not just, you know, you're one. They have, like, two or three guys who can play in that role. Yeah, yeah, they do. And now they have the added dimension of Lucas Mora from mm-hmm. PSG. So, like, that's a – that guy is – Full of pace and creativity. I, I think he's one of the more underrated players in world football. So yeah, I mean, um, I, I said I said he was probably the most uh, important transfer this this uh, this past transfer window. I mean, as and far very, as impact, and it was very it wasn't it wasn't publicized no, very much. I mean, I thought quiet, I thought that would have been a front page transfer. Uh huh. I think I think for this match, um, it's going to be really important cutting off the supply line that is uh, Christian Eriksen. I mean, he's going to be the main man for them. He's he after after Kane's uh, has has been out, he's he's easily their next best player. Um, he dictates the tempo in the midfield, and he's you know also their most creative playmaker. And you know also off of set pieces, he's 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 one of the best in the world. So we have to be really wary of his passing abilities. So you know, making sure that he's under pressure at all times will be key. Um, I mean. Uh, I think that having N'Golo Conte there is definitely going to do something. And I mean, we didn't even mention Bakayoko's performance, and he he's he he's back finally after a uh, you know being out for a while. So I don't don't be surprised if we see both of them again in the midfield. Um, hopefully Bakayoko is just you know getting the rust off. He, he didn't have necessarily the best match, um, but I think that it, it's it's going to be a key point. I'm um, trying to cut off the supply line for that is Christian Eriksen. Well, if Christian Eriksen does get the ball, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Pochettino loves to play with size. Um, he's 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 old school in that sense that he likes to have a certain amount of height and a certain amount of strength on the field at the same time physically. So, I mean, I think I think he's going to go for Fernando Llorente in this match, um, mainly because I think they're going to be under the cosh for most of it. Um, I think Chelsea's going to go after them, and having a guy like Urente who could play with his back to goal and uh, hold the ball up and allow his team and allow his defense to be relieved um, of their defensive duties, I mean, that's going to be crucial for them going into this game. Um, he also loves himself an aerial battle, doesn't he? So mm-hmm. last time we played Tottenham, um, last year at the bridge, I remember, Deli Alley was feasting on that gap in between Victor Moses and Aspilicueta. Because Dele Alli is over six foot and Azpilicueta is a little bit under uh, under six. So, I mean, he definitely had the size advantage running off that back post. Um, that's going to be absolutely crucial, especially if you have a guy like Christian Eriksen on the, on the ball, who as much as I hate to say it is world class in terms of delivery. Um, you know, watch out. Um, and, and that's part of the reason why I think he's going to go with Llorente. If they could get a set piece anywhere in our area, I think they're going to like their chances. Um, I'd call them stupid for liking their chances in the first place, but um, that's something that they're going to look to expose. So look for that side with Azpilicueta and Moses. Um, that that's going to be crucial for us to uh, to make sure that Tottenham doesn't exploit doesn't exploit us for a lack of size on that right hand side. And playing against the Spurs team, they're so talented. I hate to say it, but they you know they're a very talented squad. We need our most talented player to show up, and that is Eden Hazard. I think that. 
if if he doesn't show up this match, we 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 probably have no chance, right, Zach? Is that is that fair to say? Um, I do think Willian could put together a performance, but you don't beat teams like Tottenham when one player is on form. I mean, whether Conte decides to go with a front two or a front three, um, we need to have. We need to have Hazard step up for sure, but we also need to have someone else to go alongside with him. You don't beat teams like Tottenham with one guy. Um, so, yeah, Hazard does need to show up. He can't afford to disappear in another big match. I mean, now more than ever, um, the critics are all over him because, like you said, both Barca matches, uh, both both of the Manchester matches, and now the Leicester match where he was virtually invisible um, – he needs to step up, and this is his time to shine. And and if he really does want that transfer away to Madrid, um, if he does want to solidify himself as the greatest Chelsea player to ever play, if he wants to be in that conversation, I mean, I said it before, he just needs to step up. And what better match to do it at than against Tottenham at home at the Bridge? I mean, what a way to win the fans back if he has a big performance. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out there and and just throw you my prediction. I think it's gonna be two one Chelsea. Um, I think Tottenham's gonna give us a fight because they always do. Um, and I think they're gonna sit very deep and 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 let us attack them. I think they're gonna try and hit us on the counter with the pace of Sun and and possibly Lucas Mora. Um, so I'm gonna go two one Chelsea. I think if we could get Eden Hazard to get either a goal and or an assist, um, we we should be fine. Zach, I'm surprised you're predicting a, a win. I, I mean, judging it's, it's been by a while, the, hasn't from, it? But judging by the fact that you uh you you scheduled your return flight for the day after this match, I was I was thinking that you were maybe <laughs> you were maybe like thinking that there's a possibility that we lose and. You know, it will just completely ruin your vacation and you know Listen, I'm going I'm going with my lady, right? So <laughs> so so here here's the deal. She said, Well, what week do you want to go? I said, I, I don't care what what you know, week before or after the match we go. I just wanna make sure that I'm there for the Tottenham match. And she said, Okay, I'm gonna schedule it for the two weeks before. Mm-hmm. I said, well, well well, why are you doing that? Like like why not after? Why don't we start our trip with the Chelsea game? She goes, Zach, if Chelsea don't walk out of there with three points you're gonna ruin the trip. Oh, so it was, it was her. She's it she's the smart idea. one in the in the, in the couple. I, I mean, and you know, I should have known you know, that from before, honestly. But listen, I mean, she was basically spot on because I kind of sat there and thought to myself, mm-hmm. like, you know what? No, for sure. What would I do if if I flew all the way to fucking London for the first time in my life to go watch Chelsea play the team I hate the most in the world? That's hilarious, man. And watch us lose. That's hilarious. Now, okay, yeah, see that. I thought that was you just not being confident, but I mean, it's it's the lady, of course. She's she she's got it. She's got she's got to look out for herself as well. I don't blame her. <laughs> you do get you herself. do get pretty yeah. salty after a loss, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna predict uh I'm gonna predict a draw, Zach, um because Ooh. I because I think that Tana, I mean, the past couple matches they've they've looked they've looked really good. I think they they they. Made mincemeat out of Swansea, of course, and you know, killed uh, Bournemouth. It's not, it's not and, very hard to do. Yeah, I guess the the teams I'm listing off aren't uh, too exciting, but I mean, I'll just look at their last few matches: three nil victory, four one, and two one loss to Juventus, two two nil, six one. So I mean, they're scoring a lot of goals. Um, I think it's going to be hard to keep them out of the net, um, but I think if we can nick a couple in, we'll be able to walk out the draw. But Zach, I'm 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 hoping for a win, man. This is this is such a big game, um, as far as Champions League implications. I mm-hmm. I, I don't want to I don't want to be like Arsenal and like be super excited for you know the, the 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 Thursday and Friday after Champions League and you know being like oh yes Europa League finally I get to play against Zenit and you know some random ass Ukrainian team I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Czechoslovakia yeah. or something. I mean, even though AC Milan did play them, that's a that's a big club. But still, I I, I don't want to do that, Zach. I don't want to be in Europa League next year. I want to be back in Champions League where we deservedly belong, and Tottenham deservedly does not belong. Yep, I completely agree. But I'm ho- so, I'm hoping for the best, expecting uh, not the worst, but you know, a draw would be wouldn't be the worst outcome, but. I'm I'm rooting for a win. So um, really quick, I mean, b- before we sign off, I just want to say if anyone has any recommendations, um, 
It's my first time in London. I don't really know where to go. I don't really know what to do. I'm just kind of going and winging it. Um, besides meeting up with the fan cast guys, my schedule's pretty much clear. So if you guys have any recommendations, anywhere to go, um, I love myself some curry. I love myself some Chinese food. <laughs> so if you guys know any good curry houses or Chinese food, I know I got a couple names from Dan Silver. Um, but tweet at us. Let us know. Um, and I'll give it a shot. And uh, if I wind up going there, I'll send you a picture of me eating that food. So um, you're making yeah. me hungry, Zach. Ooh, yeah. Like, is isn't that a doesn't that like encourage you to like go tell me some places to eat? I mean, watching some kid who records a podcast in his <laughs> bedroom of his mom and dad's house. Yeah, you can go to that yeah. one chicken place. Uh, the like the Paku Paku Chicken. I forget what it's called, but it's like some South African. It's a really big it's called like night night i forget I'll, I'll look it up and i'll tell you it's a really big like chicken chain in england but uh then you gotta send me a yeah. picture though after after i tell you the name you gotta send me a picture of you eating it okay yeah i'll send you a picture of me eating it and i'll send you a picture of me of it after it comes out how does that sound <laughs> i think I, yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm more excited for the first picture than the second Anyways, uh, that brings us to the end of the pod, guys. So um, make sure to tweet at us at Roman's Empire Pod. Uh, you could send us uh, emails if you have any questions at Roman's Empire Pod at gmail.com. Um, hit us up. Get in contact with us. Let us know what you think. Um, if you're using a podcasting app or iTunes, something like that, make sure to go comment on it. On it. Um, the more comments, the better. Again, a lot of Twitter interaction this past week. It's been great. Oh, Nando's. That's the name of the Nando's. Place. Yeah, Nando's. yeah, yeah. I've heard of Nando's. Yeah, you got to go. That, that I actually have that place as a, a check marked. I actually um, so I'm good. planning on going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Um I think it's Portuguese though. I don't I don't know if it's, it's South African. It's their the founders are South African but Portuguese style. I, oh, I remember, nice. yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get me some Nando's. So hopefully it lives up to the hype. Um but anyways, um that brings us to the end of the episode and uh I'll see you after my trip. And uh, if we don't record another episode, it means we lost to Tottenham. And, <laughs> I don't, and, and it means that I don't want to do this anymore and that I lost faith. So, yes. um, or I'm probably hanging from a tree somewhere. Anyways, oh. we're going to sign out. I'm done talking. I'm talking too much. Keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>